Will you please stand if you're able? This evening we will start worship with a call to worship, reading responsively Isaiah 53 and Hebrews 4, found on page 2 of your bulletin. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, graciously behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. The first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, verses 13 through chapter 53, verse 12. 
and this can be found on page 1145 in the Pew Bible. Isaiah 52, 13 through 53, 12. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted, just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance, that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We, all like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And, will the, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their inequities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. We will read Psalm 31. It's printed on page four in your bulletin. Psalm 31. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me not, never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. 
Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Lord, my faithful God. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. As for me, I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. You have not given me into the hands of the enemy, but have set my feet in spacious place. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow and my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anger and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends, and those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. For I hear many whispering, tear on every side, they conspire against me and plot to take my life. But I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servant. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and be silent in the realm of the dead. How abundant are the good things that you have stored up for those who fear you, that you bestow in the sight of all on those who take refuge in you. safe in your dwelling from accusing tongues. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under siege. In my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. The next reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and chapter 5, verses 7 through 9, and this can be found on page 1866 in the Pew Bible. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, and 5, 7 through 9. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. 
Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Will you please stand if you're able? The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this evening comes from John, chapter 19, verses uh, verses 17 through 30 and can be found on page 1684 of your pew Bible. John records, Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate, had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. And the chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and they dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. Now this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top and to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. Now this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. Now near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So this coming Sunday will be Easter, and there is no grief, and there is no mourning in the lessons appointed for Easter. The Sunday is about our redemption, and the focus has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. However, even when it is about us as well. It is all that he has done, he has done for you and for me. We are accustomed to hearing about the cross and the soldiers and the beatings and such. In our psalm, in Psalm 22, we have depicted for us the confrontation of the Lord with his adversary, the devil. And Jesus is not simply bearing the pains of crucifixion, although one should or could hardly describe the agonies of the cross with the word simply. Jesus is also bearing the wrath of God as depicted in the cry of, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he is dealing with the constant assault of the devil. Now, we do not hear about the devil directly in a scriptural account of the crucifixion. But we know that he see him in the monstrosity of the conduct of the men who surround Jesus. They delight. They delight in mocking an innocent man. And they take pleasure in beating the helpless. And there is absolutely no crime of which Jesus is guilty. And they don't care. He is going to be crucified. And that is all that they need to know. They are perfectly at ease torturing a man who is going to, do, going to die shortly. And the devil was surely delighting in being able to, to strike at God so personally, so directly. Now commentators, they, they tell us that the lion is a reference to the devil. And I believe that they're correct. Jesus had to wrestle not just with the awful physical realities of the crucifixion, but you can be sure that the devil was there, clearly seen by Jesus, as he taunted Jesus and heaped his own scorn and derision upon Jesus. And surely he tried to entice Jesus to use his power. And 
exercise his divine authority to, to ease his pains or end the torments of the cross altogether. And one can... Devil came to Jesus after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and, and tried to entice him to use his power to feed himself. Well, he was surely there on Calvary to tempt Jesus with a, an easy way out, the quick end to the torments and the pain, maybe even to cast the whole mission, the whole project aside in the face of such enormous suffering. He may have even tempted Jesus to strike out at those who caused him such enormous pain and torment. We hear, we hear a, from 22nd Psalm, where he, and we understand why he cries out to the Father as the men, the human beings directed by Satan inflict such torment, such pain on Jesus throughout the Passion. The men, they were unreasoning and they were too powerful to be resisted or overcome unless, unless Jesus gave in to the temptations to exercise his divine powers and to set himself free, which we are thankful that he did not do. The call of our Lord is for God to sustain him and, and to finally rescue him from the agonies of the cross. The battle that Jesus fought on the cross and in the Passion was only partially visible to the naked eye. We need to go to the psalm of the crucifixion to understand that Jesus bore more than just the pains of the nails through his hands and feet. As awful as that, that must have been. Then there were the physical and emotional rigors of the passion. He endured being separated from God, which is a, a fundamental torment of hell, being out of the presence of God. He bore our sins, and, and because of them, he who is God was forsaken by God. It really must have been a tearing, a tearing of his, his psyche. It must have been a, an emotional burden, a spiritual agony that was laid on top of all of that physical pain that the passion, or the typical passion narratives describe for us. We read and we heard he bore the shame and the guilt and the wrath of God, he bore it all without the Father.
without the encouragement, without the help, the presence, he was still God, the Son. And the mind reels. I, I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't calculate it. I really can't put myself in that, nor, nor can you. Then we, we add in to the tempting and the mocking by the devil. It must have been, there had to have been threats that this agony would go on forever. He had to have been doing that, throwing it at Jesus while he was suffering his estrangement from God. He was offered every terror, every terror we might be able to imagine, and then some. We know from the accounts in the Gospels that Jesus felt them beginning in Gethsemane, and yet he did not give in to them. He held on to his confidence in God resolutely, resolutely in the face of his suffering and abandonment. He kept his faith and he kept his focus on why he was there and who he was and who and what he was suffering for. And we can see that in his concern for others, like his mother and the thief on the cross next to him, the thief who prayed that Jesus would remember him when he came into his kingdom, and in his care that every word of Scripture prophesied about this great work was actually fulfilled. You've heard me say, it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for you and for me. From the psalm that Jesus never lost his according to the detailed plan of God. And even though he endured that abandonment, which the first verse in Psalm 22 describes, he continued to call on God. He continued to pray for strength, and he continued to look to God for deliverance. He continued as a man to fight the battle of faith, and he endured because he believed. Yes, he was also God, and yes, he had strength that you and I do not possess by nature. But we have the same tool that Jesus depended upon, and that is faith. We can endure by grace through faith because we have the word of God holding out that promise. not easy. But when you look at the passion of our Lord, it was not easy or comfortable for him either. And he succeeded where mankind has failed because he is the Son of God. But he also promises to be with us always, 
and to strengthen us and to give us the ability to succeed when we rely fully upon him. We will not have to face our torments, our portion of the cross, alone. Christ is always with us. So tonight, we remember the rigors of of Good Friday. Tonight, we remember the passion of our Lord from the point of view of the Son of God facing our old evil foe and crying out for deliverance from the hands of mankind and the anguish of his abandonment from God the Father. This is the passion from a point of view which only Christ could have. And he shares it with us through the words of the psalmist. Be thou not far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth and deliver me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And into your hands I commit my spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There's no way 
stand if you're able. Tonight, we will participate responsibly in what is called a, uh, a bidding prayer. And I will, at the end, uh, near the end of each petition, you will hear through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in your responses, amen. Let us pray for the whole Christian church that our Lord God would defend her against all the assaults and keep her perpetually on the true foundation, Jesus Christ. And almighty and everlasting God, since you have revealed your glory to all nations in Jesus Christ and in the word of his truth, keep, we ask you, in safety the works of your mercy so that your church spread throughout all the nations may be defended against the adversary and may serve you in true faith and preserve in the confession of your name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all the ministers of the world, for all vocations in the church, and for all the people of God. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, receive the supplications and prayers which we offer before you, for all your servants in your holy church, that every member of the same may truly serve you according to your calling, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who are going through the catechesis, that our Lord would open their hearts and the door of his mercy that having received the remission of all of their sins by the washing of regeneration, that they may be mindful of their baptism and evermore be found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Almighty God and Father, because you always grant growth to your church, increase, increase the faith and understanding of those going through the catechesis, that rejoicing in their new birth by the water of holy baptism, they may forever continue in the family of those whom you adopt as your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. O merciful Father in heaven, because you hold in your hand all 
all the might of man and because you have ordained for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do well all the powers that exist in all the nations of the world we humbly pray that you graciously you graciously to reward your servants especially Joe Biden our president the Congress of the United States and Gavin Newsom our governor and all those who make, administer, and judge our laws, that all who receive the sword as your ministers may bear it according to your word, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray, our Lord God Almighty, that he would deliver the world from all error and take away disease, ward off famine, set free those in bondage, and grant health to the sick and a safe journey to all who travel. Almighty and everlasting God, the consolation of the sorrowful and the strength of the weak, may the prayers of those who in any tribulation or distress cry out, cry out to you, that you graciously come before you, so that in all their necessities that they may rejoice in your manifold help and comfort through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who are outside the church that our Lord God would be pleased to deliver them from their error. Call them to faith in the true and living God and his only Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and gather them into his family, the church. Almighty and everlasting God, because you seek not the death but the life of all, hear our prayers for all who have no right knowledge of you. Free them from their error and for the glory of your name, bring them into fellowship of your holy church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for peace that we may come to the knowledge of God's holy word and walk before him as fitting for Christians. Almighty and everlasting God, King of glory and Lord of heaven and earth, by whose spirit all things are governed, by whose providence all things are ordered, the God of peace and the author of all concord, grant us, we implore you, your heavenly peace and concord that we may serve you in true fear to the praise and the glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us pray for our enemies that God would remember them in mercy and graciously grant them such things as are both needful for them and profitable for their salvation. O Almighty, everlasting God, through your only Son, our blessed Lord, you have commanded us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us, and to pray for those who persecute us. We therefore earnestly implore you that by your gracious visitation all our enemies may be led to true repentance and may have the same love 
and be of one accord and one mind and heart with us and with your whole Christian church. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And let us pray for the fruits of the earth, that God would send down his blessings upon them and graciously dispose our hearts to enjoy them according to his own good will. O Lord, Father Almighty, by your word, you created and you continue to bless and uphold all things. We pray you so to reveal to us your word, our Lord Jesus Christ, that through his dwelling in our hearts, we may by your grace be made ready to receive your blessing of all the fruits of the earth and whatsoever pertains to our bodily need through Jesus Christ our Lord. And finally, let us pray for all those things for which our Lord would have us ask saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.